The strike is over. We are back in the classroom. So what now? How might we move forward? Here's our conclusion episode to the strike work. Let's get into it. Equity work is framed as a necessary burden. But we believe that it's work worth doing. This podcast is all about how to reframe equity work from just fighting injustice to building work that brings justice, meaning the needs of everyone. Work, work. Desmond Spann, a.k.a. the looks alike, getting right on the mic, teaching life with that work, work. The imaginer, genius awakener, educator in the art of contemplating work, work. Podcast for teachers in the class to focus on the heart of the craft. Work, work. Or refrain from the blame and the shame and the pain and disdain because we came from that. Work, work. So it's the morning, 10 o'clock on November 23rd, Thanksgiving. And the uh, school strike has resolved. I just want to record and capture what's coming up for me personally around this uncertainty at this moment. We've been on strike essentially for three weeks. And I know I don't want to be on strike next week uh, for a variety of different reasons. And that would say from my conversations at the rallies with folks, we're all ready to get this over with and get a resolution to get back. So there's a lot of uncertainty if this is not done and we're not back in class Monday, whether it's a planning day or even with students, most likely it would be a planning day. But if there's no sense of, okay, we resolve this, let's get back to a classroom, get back to our students. I fear what that impact's gonna be on, on the teachers and myself, really. So what's been the impact for me during this uh, time is I don't know what to plan for. Am I going to be teaching next week or am I going to be picketing next week? And I'm also, if it is going on and I am picketing and rallying, while I support our cause and believe in it, I'm just noticing an effect of being around the noise the unstructured social interaction that just comes with being around people and feeling overstimulated and, and drained in these environments. And while like I'm doing them, I feel like fine. You know, I, I managed to get through them. There's like residual impacts that just affect me weeks later. And that's where I'm at now. Constant rallying, constant picking for me as an introvert. I tend to do well when these things first start and then as they drag on and I don't get my, I get out of my routine, get out of my recharge time, whatever it is, I can feel like a buildup of, I'll say energy, but other people's energy, emotional energy. I can't put words to it in the moment, but I feel it. And if it doesn't go anywhere, if I don't have time to come back to myself, there's impacts on my mental health. And this year is already a pivotal year for me. It's year 10 of teaching. 
and I reduced my schedule to be half time because of last year being a really difficult year for me. And this year is shaping up to be a difficult year, but in a different way. And there's a question that I have to answer. Basically, do I continue to teach after this year? And the plan is to finish the year and then make that decision. I was at a point where, like looking at it half time, I could possibly do another year at this schedule. It seems supportive to my mental health and allows me the space I need to maintain. And I'll say the strike and not the fact that we're striking, but just the event itself and the level of the uncertainty. I have been considering whether to resign earlier. And I haven't made a decision on that yet. But because this is so emotionally taxing, draining, it causes a kind of overwhelm. And that overwhelm causes a paralysis for me where I'm not able to function in other areas of my life that I need to function in. And I know if that stays the case, something will have to give. Now let's take two bars. Breathe, align, relax, and shine. This is an invitation to absorb whatever's coming up for you. So let's start with the breath. Long, deep, spacious breaths. your energy come into a state of equilibrium of balance and relax my friend wherever you feel tension just bring relaxation shoulders, the jaw, the body, the thoughts, the emotions. Take a moment to relax. And with our breath, our alignment, our relaxation, We can't help but shine. Own your shine, my friend. This is Jesse, the Imaginer, coming to you live Thanksgiving Day morning. We're 23 days into the strike, meaning this whole month of November. We've been on strike and I've been telling folks 
it feels like there's been a, a year's worth of experience and emotion packed into these last 23 days. And if you're into astrology, Scorpio season has indeed had the transformative sting full of pain, joy, and overall gratitude. I took yesterday to just contemplate and reflect after we did our morning action at City Hall. And I got I got some, a, a few things I want to share with y'all. Since our last, my last solo recording, I shared a poem on that episode. And after I shared it on that episode, I brought it to my circle in front of 100 of my colleagues at McDaniel High School. From there, I brought it to Sunday evening. I did a poetry and dance performance a friend of mine put on in, in Southwest Portland. And it was like people were hyper just paying attention, like looking deep into my soul, listening to my words and feeling it. just great conversations afterwards. The next day, I did the poem again at a talent show. More schools were joining us at McDaniel. And then from there, I reached out to our vice president of the union, Jackie Dixon, and said, hey, I got a poem, a few minutes, if you want me to rock it at the next union rally. So Monday afternoon, I end up in front of 1,000, 2,000 plus of all the incredible educators across Portland and families and friends going on top of a parking garage at a Multnomah County building right there in Hawthorne and Grand. Sun setting, mountains, my home mountain, fist to the sky, we on strike to thrive. And that's my first point, is it's time to thrive. It's time to awaken our genius. For me, I'm reflecting that genius, it doesn't pay heed to the status quo limitation. Genius is individual, it's collective. Genius is our highest, most authentic, genuine self coming from our genes, connecting to the word genie, like our deepest wishes, the deepest desires of our heart coming to fruition. And as an educator, I'm like, whew, it is, it's time to awaken my genius, our collective genius. And genius doesn't pay heed to the status quo. Genius scoffs at the systems of dominance that wants to hand us roles in society. Genius gently asks us to open our heart, even where heart opening isn't encouraged. Genius is asking to be centered in our schools. So that's my first reflection is it's time to thrive. It's time to awaken genius. That's what I've seen on the picket lines as we've gotten together and been human, human to human connection. And that's my second point is genius is contagious. And yesterday, as I took time to contemplate, I did a love inventory of just all the connections with my colleagues and friends over these last 22 days of the strike, giving hugs like, how are you? That isn't just a greeting, but we actually mean it and we have time to to get into how you're doing, dropping in about what's going on with your family, how's your marriage, how are your children, what's been a struggle, what's been beautiful, chanting chants together, examining the social structures of that we find ourselves in with the strike, looking in each other's eyes like we, and we still don't know, they're still unknown, we still don't know if, when this is going to be resolved. And we're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and just like coming together, feeling the support, this contagiousness and genius and the generosity. My coworkers got together a resiliency fund and I got $600 because my I needed it. <laughs> my beloved couldn't work the first few weeks of the strike. She sprained her ankle severely and boom, they came through. And I had to ask 
and you shall receive. <laughs> but yes, genius is contagious. The third point I wanted to talk about is this is just a beginning. This strike is just the beginning of the shifts that are taking place in society and education. Systems of dominance are crumbling. Weak, fragile political alliances are crumbling. It's time to just rise up with an open heart with that genius. And every breath is a chance to begin again. My friend Kelly Gomez had that on her classroom door. And I did, that, that phrase just stuck with me. Every breath is a chance to begin again. And literally every breath we take during the day when we bring awareness to it, is a chance to begin again. But also you can think of this whole last strike air of 23 days so far as a big breath to pause and examine, put your energy into life in a different way. We're on our feet walking 10,000, 15,000 steps a day. We're using our voice in different ways. Instead of in front of a classroom, we're in front of 82nd Street or we're in front of each other. We're, it was a whole different shift in the routine these unexpected pauses in our regular rhythms. And with these chances, we can begin again. We can look deep. We can reflect. Ask ourselves, why did we get into teaching in the first place? What was that original calling, that original lure? Take a look at what does true mental health, physical health, emotional health look like in this balance between educating the youth, teaching them, connecting with them. It's time to connect with genius and, and create those little pockets of genius awakening in our classrooms, weaving in, sharing our own stories and opening our own hearts. Whether we go back to school Monday after this Thanksgiving break or whenever we make it back into the classroom, these are things I encourage all my fellow educators and human beings to reflect on the deeper why. It's been such a nourishing 23 days. It's been such an incredibly difficult 23 days when the finances get touched on and pay isn't what it is and insurance is up in the air. It's been tough. I've had to I've had to lean on on my my colleagues, my friends more than ever, lean on my partner, have these deep conversations and I, I feel like overall this is what life is inviting us into is to go there to lean on each other open the heart don't get stuck in the routines but just open the heart to like what is life offering right now all right what you just heard was my reflection and jesse's reflection on thanksgiving because and talking about how we wanted to potentially wrap up these series of episodes, we wanted to capture the uncertainty of the moment. Because mm -hmm. we had an inkling that it would be over by Monday, but again, we weren't sure. So here we are. The strike is over. Yeah. And uh, we've... Let's see, you've been back in the classroom, what, three days? Three days now, yeah. Yeah, and I've been, I've only taught one day. I'll teach again tomorrow because I work on A days. And yeah, so the strike is officially over and Whew. contract ratified and all that stuff. It's kind of abrupt, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Get the email. You're working tomorrow at 1030. What? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. 
I heard students got the email like after seven as well, and they were not pleased. I didn't get a chance to like go in it with students. I could tell they probably weren't pleased with the idea of, oh, I'm going to have another day off. And then now, so I got to prepare to be back. That on top of a week of winter break now being dedicated to school. I teach us all seniors. My seniors pretty much made it clear that they're not going to be there. The first week of what was our two-week winter break is now days that we're making up to cover the some of the instructional days lost. Um, and we'll have some other days throughout the year that we'll have to make up. But as the common saying goes, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. This is it. Um, so trying a different format with the podcast, because why not? Um, we brought in like the individual reflections or ending it together. Yeah, it was cool to hear your reflection and how kind of different ours are. But like just where we're both at, I think interweave it here. Yeah, bring it together, bring it home. I did want to ask you a question about what does thriving look like to you now that the strike is over and what else comes to mind as you think about what it means to thrive right now? Yeah. The strike felt like an initiation of sorts. Mm. Like life just initiates us randomly in, in, in our journeys where we go through something unexpected, difficult, and potentially transformative and so i think thriving is like going through something like an initiation something that has a sense of brutalness to it a sense of the systems of dominance and like uncontrolled outcomes happening like we didn't know when our next paycheck was we didn't know if we were gonna have health insurance guaranteed all that going through all that yet keeping an open heart Mm-hmm. To me, that's thriving. Mm. I don't know exactly what that's looking like at school. So far, what's that looking like in three days? Just taking time to check in with my colleagues, check in with students I haven't seen in a month. It looks like if a student is feeling a certain way about not having a, half their winter break, it's giving them space to feel that. I think it's just an approach to life, really is just to keep an open heart and then figure out what that open, cause an open heart to me is thriving. It's genius awakening. And it's like controlling what you can control, but then letting life just happen and work with it. Like an, like an artist. Yeah. I'll, I'll just keep it at that. Thriving is just keeping an open heart through, yeah. these, through these initiations. It brings to mind this idea of aliveness yeah. and there's a tendency within the culture, but we can definitely say within education to be looking to the product, the end result, in order to feel like, yes, I did it. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm interpreting in some of what you're saying about what it means to thrive is how to bring that sense of, yeah, I did it, but to the day to day. And the, the did it is the Mm-hmm. I, I'm present. I'm feeling mm-hmm. my feelings. I'm connected to people. Yeah. I'm experiencing my emotions. Yep. And I'm trusting I will 
be okay. Yes. I could see how this kind of an event, a strike, and it's never, never happening in PPS history and how that can be a catalyst for that waking up to, oh, there's not a day that this all gets fixed. It was a PAT webinar and I was breaking down what the contract means. We didn't get everything we asked for, but we did get gains. And some of the things that we didn't get, people were feeling hurt by yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, I didn't hear it directly, but it's a, it's a common refrain that I think our union president, Angela, brought into the space was, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Mm. And I think we get an idea in our head so, of like what the perfect system would be, yeah, the perfect yeah, yeah. classroom, the perfect lesson, the perfect day. Whether we even know what those specifics are, we have this emotional residue of yeah. like what perfect is. And anytime something that happens that's unplanned, a mistake or feels hurtful, yeah, it's, oh no, let's, everything's wrong. We gotta, we yeah. gotta start over. Yeah. And... And that's operating from that that all or nothing mindset and operating from a place of not recognizing nuance. Yeah. And I think that's part of the awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because with that to. with that so, mindset, if the if a life initiate initiation happens, mm -hmm. it's not gonna have that perfection to it. Why is this happening? You right. know, and you resist that when really there's a nugget of a pearl in that right. that can come through that imperfection that pressure that annoyance that agitation that trigger whatever it is and man thriving when your genius is awakening you're playing your role so many people in this time stepped up and played their role so shout out to everyone from the union leadership mm -hmm. down to people sharing their talents at a talent show in the parking lot at mcdaniel <laughs> everyone was just playing a role yeah. and that's thriving yeah, everybody brought what they could bring to support the strike and the movement. And I think I, I credit the leadership and kind of setting the conditions where it could look differently. Mm -hmm. So it didn't have to all be like in lockstep, like everybody's going to do the exact same thing in order to show that they support yeah. the strike. They gave a lot of variety. Totally. Whether it was like through the actual type of things that you could do yeah um, or just through the kind of the mindset of yeah like contribute what you can and that totally when we fight we win yeah <laughs> and that kind of connects to me asking you the next question mm -hmm. because do what you know we all have different gifts personalities extrovert introvert and listening over your solo part you're contemplating do I stay in this profession? Mm. Is my gifts best utilized as an educator in this Portland public school system? So for you, what what supports do you need to stay teaching? Mm. Off the top, it's a community of practice around the things that I 
struggle with. So one of the things I struggle with is the tales. And these are the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. The negative stories we tell ourselves while we're teaching. And of course, this... That could be a whole episode. Right. It can go beyond um, teaching. It can, you know, we all have the tales that fuel our doubts. And I have my methods of dealing with them and acknowledge acknowledging them to so that they don't create my perception of what's really happening so a community of practice around that but i think also just a community that's like able to have that dialogue because oftentimes when when i bring up this kind of thing especially with outside of the context of i trust you as a person to be able to handle your problems. Mm -hmm. And just because you're telling me you're struggling or having a problem doesn't mean that you can't handle it. But I am still there for you in a way to help you think through it, share the space, share the, again, emotional energy, wrestling with something and that would be helpful and it would be helpful if it was a standard part of the work day yeah like the practice yes like i have to go outside of <laughs> i have to go outside of my work hours to get the support i need to do my work yeah and if you want to do your work to the level that feels like integrity uh-huh. it take it's not in our contract hours. Right. And the work that I, so the, the area that I need to support in is the same area that the students need support in. So I'm doing my work because I know that if I do my work, then I can help them do that work because they need social emotional support. Yeah. Just as well as I need it. Yeah. It's like the indirect path. If a student, in a very tangible example, if a student is struggling to write their thoughts out, if they're struggling to communicate their thoughts in a classroom, there are technical things that I can have them do that helps facilitate that process. They've heard these things before, but what they don't recognize when they're in it is that there is an emotional barrier that's preventing them from utilizing the tools that they already haven't been exposed to. Yeah. So I'm trying to help them recognize Mm. what that emotional barrier is, remove Mm. that. So then it's, Oh, now Mm. I can do Mm. anytime. My teacher told me to free ride in middle school. I can, Oh, I can do that now because I'm not blocked by that. It's almost like not necessarily we all need just straight up therapy, but therapeutic (laughs) Mm. elements to overcome the tales to overcome the emotional blocks both as educators if we do that that's contagious for young people for the students we teach Mm -hmm. yeah i feel that 100 percent. because even one conversation as i've been back is just with the people i really dropped in and connected with over the strike on the picket line it's like, we're almost like, we got to form our own PLC somehow. Mm-hmm. We need to find time 
in our contracted day to at least get 15, 20 minutes where we can just like open up, mm -hmm. share the struggle, mm -hmm. share some insights. Like when we do, when we record this, you right. know, this whole process is kickstarted a lot of just creative energy for me. I do have an image going back to Thrive and going back to, uh, it's just the hip hop mentality mm -hmm. that just happened to me on my way here. Right. I'm getting gas, mm -hmm. filling up. Self-serve now in Oregon if you want to. So I'm out filling up. And this dude on a bike comes up, pulls up to the gas pump. I'm like, doesn't have a canister or anything. I'm like, what's this guy up to? He looks right, looks left, grabs the windshield squeegee. He has white Nikes on. He's on a bike. And he starts cleaning his Nikes with the windshield squeezy, just making himself look fresh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's kind of what I see. Like, the system isn't really made for us to thrive. Mm -hmm. The system, especially for introverts, or especially if you want to do this more hard work, bring it in there. But we can find our windshield squeegees. You know what I mean? We we might not be stoked we're on a bike in the winter-like weather. Right. <laughs> but we're still, we can still get fresh. You know, right. we can still look good. We can still take care of ourselves with what's available. Yeah. Make something out of what we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's creative work, right? Yeah. That's looking at, all right, we got... Here's what's in front of us, and here's what we need to accomplish. And then how do we use what's in front of us to accomplish what we need to accomplish, as yeah. opposed to, here's what I have in front of me, and it's only been used as this one thing. Yeah. PLCs. They've, there is a space where we get together, and it's been used as one thing. But what if we used it differently? Yeah. What if what if what we if took we, ownership? Because it's professional it. learning community. What if we had some personal ones too? <laughs> right. You know. And I mean <laughs> and the thing that coming to the con what supports what would support me in yeah. making a broader point is we've been conditioned to separate knowledge skills into separate into categories into like class right content areas and to in order to simplify and maybe develop expertise within it mm -hmm. but where's the class that is on the reintegration of the synthesizing of right everything. the synthesizing yeah. of it all right and so i bring that up because when i talk about the tails in my head and that's like okay that's personal right and yet the tails i'm dealing with in my head drain my energy affect my energy that's being reflected back from my students and that energy is going to go from the students out into the halls mm -hmm. and then the halls are going to go and create the whole school climate culture and me as one teacher, you take, you know, hundred of teachers in a high school building and how many in various buildings where the personal way that we show up that we think that's just completely individual is rippling out. Yeah. And there's also stuff rippling in. So all I'm trying to say is that it's all connected. Mm -hmm. And when we get together and 
look at, okay, here's a problem. If we're not considering personal dynamics as well as professional dynamics, and I'm oversimplifying for the sake of making a point, then we get stuck in thinking that, oh, we, we can only approach this problem from this one way. Yeah. We don't think about, okay, if I have a problem with the student, let's say, like students talking out of turn. And again, this is technical and adaptive solution talk, really. I could do some technical things to say, all right, separate the students. Mm -hmm. Or I can do some adaptive things within myself to say, like, okay, why am I not okay with them talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somehow become okay with them talking because I understand that maybe what they're talking about in that moment is not really detrimental to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's just more of I'm conditioned to the I'm the teacher. When I speak, everybody shuts up. No doubt. Right. That's the way I went through school. You should <laughs> right. do that too. <laughs> right. So it, it's so if we're not taking the time to look at, okay, here are the things you can do technically, right? That's like external moving room, moving seats, all these things and looking internally. Okay. What, do you, what, what do I need to do within myself to make sure that, okay, this is what's the real issue because the act of talking by itself is not inherently bad. Mm-hmm. It's maybe what's being said, how it's being said, when it's being said, and maybe what it's triggering within me Yeah, and what's within me, like, how valid is that? Mm-hmm. If I'm telling myself I'm the worst teacher in the world, that's not valid. Mm-hmm. But if that's what's getting triggered and I don't know how to question my own thoughts, then all of a sudden the student is disrespectful, yeah. right? So it's so connected to whatever your best practice would be in that situation. Like you could technically have the right move to get them to be quiet. But if, if they're feeling that, you know, that animosity because you've associated them with this tail in your head that I'm not a good teacher or, or I'm not effective because so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so is yeah. doing these things. That's what gets you off your game. And there, right now, there's no space within our working hours that allows professional educators to debrief and talk about yeah. that stuff in connection to our practices yeah. and policies. Yep. And that's what so basically, pushes me out. Yeah. Basically, time to be human. Mm-hmm. Connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Philo- philosophize. <laughs> if I could say that word. Philophila. Philosophication. Philosophication. <laughs> yeah. Just being, being all of what it means to be human. Bringing that into the space. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that comes back to Thrive. That comes back to thrive. That that's what's gonna keep me in the school system is just quality relationships. Mm. The relationships I have with other professional educators, I'm committed to maintaining no matter what my decision is. Yeah. Cause I also think whatever my next move is, it's still along the purpose of contributing to healing. Yeah. And I think no that's doubt. where I'm at. No is, doubt. is this the best space for me to continue yep. contributing to 
healing. So what do we do now after the strike? Mm. Well, I've been inspired just to create a genius awakening curriculum that is for to bring into my classroom, but also just to bring as a offering to anyone looking to tap into what is my genius and got I've been gathering like definitions of genius from different like thinkers and healers and artists old and new and then incorporating the two bars to breathe align relax and shine as a technique to tap into genius mm. so I've been that's some of the my personal inspiration and wanting to tap into my own personal genius by offering that genius awakening mm. thing because I think that that word and your acronym with G-O-D <laughs> genius over doubt that's it's just a word that helps me tap into my highest self so that's what I want so if we bring the content we bring this curriculum to the students to the classroom we grade, we do these things, and at the end of the day, what is it about? Mm. And I think that's what these initiations like a strike or like a COVID-19 time, they give opportunity to reflect deeply on the why. Yeah. So that's one thing, but what about you? What do you feel like is next? What gives you hope? The truth hurts, but it doesn't have to be mean. Mm. And I think Far. from the strike, the truth of what the conditions have been for us as educators, the truth of how the district functions and has functioned, the truth of how people view teachers and education, that hurts. And when I say it doesn't have to be mean, it's a call for us to look within ourselves, understand what our, in the ways that we judge each other, you know, and yeah. how we, you, you mentioned roles, like yeah. we will <laughs> judge ourselves as hero, victim, or villain in these ways that's unchanging so that the complexity of another human being can't get through to us. Mm. And if we keep doing that, then what is actually true and needs to be dealt with and faced will hurt, mm. but then we'll become mean and cast these roles upon people, tell people who they are that they don't agree with, when somebody tries to tell you who you are and you don't agree, that feels like an insult. Yeah. Right? And that's where the meanness comes yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what I think is next and what I hope is next is that with what has been exposed, we can deal with it open and honestly, mm. but with kindness. Mm. Recognizing it's hard to think of anybody who got into education for the money. <laughs> but along the way, systems, we are interdependent. So systems that we design can have us not see our purpose, have us not see our benevolent nature, 
and we can, and even with our benevolent nature, our positive intention, we can have negative impacts because we lack resources, skills, insight, perspective. And as long as we are able to stay connected to each other and open to hearing each other, we can be like, oh, yeah, my bad. Let me fix that so it can be better next time. Yeah. But right now, if you say, uh, my bad, it's get a lawyer. Uh, my bad. <laughs> oh, you know, let me write, put this in the paper. Yeah. Right. Oh, my bad. Let me not say anything to you, but go run, tell that to everybody else about speaking on your character as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be, I hope that's what's next, but I think that's also like a, a tall ask because yeah. of the times we're in, but not impossible. Cause I think that's, that's what we need to thrive. I feel like, yeah, mm. I feel like that's where we're headed. Mm. And enough it's, of us head there. Yeah. Then that will, that's that contagiousness. Yeah. That'll shift with the positive tail. Yeah. <laughs> and if our students see it, yeah. right. See us navigating and holding the tension of what's coming from the system and culture about what would be, easier to do but yet perpetuate systems of dominance but they see us grappling with it and then still trying to do something different yeah that's that's what gives me hope and it gives me hope seeing you know young people getting involved now and and recognizing that they have a voice now yeah yeah well, did we do it? We did it. Yes. That was a good conversation. Yeah, it's good. For the insights. It's good wrap up. Looking forward to seeing where we go. Yeah, we'll see. We will see what... Uh, it was cool to bring it back. Bring back the Worth Work podcast. Will there be another one? I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> it's like the, the Andre's first song. I swear to God I wanted to write a rap album, but this is the way the wind blew. We'll see where right. the wind blows. Right, we'll see. Probably not a flute out podcast, but... Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, I am Desmond Span. I'm Jesse the Imaginer. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I guess we'll catch you when we catch you. And as always, genius over doubt. All day. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>